106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Hello and welcome to Tanchamar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Thursday, February 1st, beginning of Black History Month in North America. On today's show, we jump right to our feature story. Mount Allison will be breaking ground this summer on Lansdowne Street behind the Athletic Center to build a 40,000-square-foot building to temporarily house the university's library for three years while the octagonal Ralph Pickard Bell Library undergoes a major renovation. The plan is to have the new building ready in two years by the summer of 2026 and then move library services onto Lansdowne until 2029 when the renewed R.P. Bell Library is slated to reopen. After serving as a temporary library for three years, the new building will be outfitted as a multi-purpose athletic facility for the university. Mount A's Interim President Robert McKinnon, VP of Finance Robert Ingalls, Dean of Libraries Rachel Rubin, and Director of Facilities Management Chris Kierstead presented the plan in two presentations on Wednesday afternoon and evening. The total project will cost about $85 million, says Inglis, with provincial and federal governments chipping in $36 million and donations making up most of the rest. The plan includes $5 million to come from the university's operational funds, but Inglis says staff are working to eliminate that as well. Kierstead told those gathered and listening online that the project to renovate the R.P. Bell Library was necessary because the 54-year-old building is nearing the end of its useful life. The library was opened in 1970 to replace a much smaller memorial library. Plans for a library renewal have been in the works since 2018, said Rubin, but took a pause during the pandemic. Rubin joined Mounet as Dean of Libraries in 2022. She said concept plans have had a change of direction since engagement started to reflect current needs of students and researchers. That includes spaces that are comfortable for studying and congregating, but also changes to how people access the collections. While the main collections will move to the new interim library and then back into the R.P. Bell, Rubin said that two subsections, the University Archives and a less frequently used collection of materials, will be relocated outside the building. The basement of Convocation Hall will be renovated to store the infrequently used materials, and the university is still finalizing plans for its archives, which may involve the cooperation of the United Church of Canada and its archives building on Wright Avenue. Sketches of the renovated library show the breezeway that currently connects the library with the neighboring Crabtree building, completely enclosed in glass. The new section will serve as the entrance for the library and an open concept space with cafe and soft seating. There will also be another new entrance to the library, this time on what is now the backside of the building, facing onto York Street. The octagonal R.P. Bell will see new, much larger windows and also see some big internal changes. The floor will be cut out to allow light through the center of the building, with new stairs installed around the center space. CHMA had a chance to speak with Rubin and Kierstead after their presentation on Wednesday afternoon. I'm Rachel Rubin, Dean of Libraries and Archives and Acting Dean of Arts. And I'm Chris Kierstead, Director of Facilities Management. One of the things uh, about this new uh, 
hub project was uh, you, you mentioned several times that there's a rethink going on. I wonder if you could talk a bit about that. What, what, has, what has changed over the course of this process, um, you know, from what have might have been imagined in like 2020, 21 versus, versus this iteration? So a lot of the feedback was gathered between 2018 and 2020. And then we had this pause. And what didn't change, right? The way we study, the way we interact, the way we engage, the way we think, all of those things changed. And the way we provide education changed. And so when I came on board in 2022, it was really an opportunity to think, how have students changed in the way that they're learning? How have faculty changed in the way that they're teaching and doing their research? And what's going to carry forward? You know, what was sort of like a temporary thing during this strange period? And what do we need to do um, to create a library that provides services both now and that's going to project us forward, right? Um, I think the other thing that changed is we had to rethink, you know, financially, costs went up during this time frame. So how do we re- how do we get the same impact? out of this space, it might mean, as I talked about in the presentation, that spaces that were previously single use, we now have to think about ways to make them multi-use or combine usages to make them a little bit more effective. Um, but but nothing, nothing sort of went pear-shaped. It was more just refining what have we learned from this period and what has changed in the world over the last five years and how do we make sure that what we've learned takes us forward in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, I wonder if you could talk a bit about, you know, the, the timeline, like we're, we're going to see action on this project right away this summer. What will people see happening right off the bat? So the first goal is to get started on the interim library because that is the critical path for the project. So we need to create a space for students, staff and faculty to move into, to use as a library uh, for the next, for the following three years. So it's our hope that we'll be in the ground uh, in the summer, uh, potentially into the fall before we get started and getting started on the site work and foundation for that interim library. And that will be going up on, on Lansdowne behind the existing athletic center? That's right. Okay. How big is that building going to be? Uh, right now, we expect it's going to be in the neighborhood of 40,000 gross square feet. Okay, so it'll be, it's a significant presence on that street. It's a sizable facility, yes. Um, and I mean, I wonder if you could talk about the long-term plan for that building. Um, it's it's going to be a library for a while. Um, yeah, tell me about the plan. So we see it as a bit of a win-win that we will use it as an interim library for now, for three years while we build, while we renovate the RP Bell Library. Uh, then we will address another Mount A challenge, which is the need for more athletic space. So uh, when 2029 rolls around, towards the end of 2029, we hope to be moving into it as a permanent uh, athletics complex. Right. At that point, will you will you will have moved your you and your staff and all the books will have moved again, Rachel? Uh, tell me a bit about uh, how daunting is the the idea of of all these moves coming up. It's a lot. It's very complex, but we have an amazing team and everybody is thinking well in advance about how many pieces need to move and in what order. And so as long as we continue to think backwards from where it is we need to go and take care of all the things that we need to do to get us in a position to do them, the dominoes should take care of themselves. Let's talk about the collections a bit because I know there will be some changes. You even mentioned in the presentation you couldn't even take all the books out and put them back in because guidelines have changed and they're, you know, you couldn't put the stacks so close together now. 
um, there's going to be, I mean, may, I wonder if you could talk about, there's going to be some materials moved to different sites. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess how else will you be, I don't know, looking at right-sizing your collection, shall we say? I think the most important thing is that everything's staying accessible and everything's staying in Sackville. So we are not going to be in a situation where we're having to work with third parties and get things to and from the the library and and as accessible to our faculty, staff, and students. So it should be really um, sort of seamless once we get back into the new place and frankly, in the interim library as well. So I am incredibly relieved with the solutions we've been able to come up with. the other wonderful thing is that our building the spaces to fit what we need. And I think, you know, that's their area of expertise and they work with their faculty to determine what a collection can and should look like. And so that's the approach that we are very fortunately able to take with this prog- project that I think a lot of other libraries would don't have that luxury. Okay. And, and I mean, I know the archives you're hoping, I guess we'll find a permanent location uh, off campus, but still accessible via campus. Uh, there'll be some parts of the collection that are sort of on demand that will be stored in the convocation hall basement. Will the, will you have to also reduce the size of the collection at all of what, of, of sort of what's available or, you know, will that be a challenge you're facing? You know, honestly, like you said, the the great thing about this project is any sort of collection management that we do in preparation for this is driven by what our librarians and faculty think that we need to have. So if there are reductions in the collection, it will be because we are trying to make the collection the way that it should be to serve our users and not because we're going into a smaller space. You got to, you know, get down to this many books. And that's something that we do all the time. You know, that's something that librarians do annually, all the time working with their faculty, building, taking in, taking out, updating, removing. Um, And so whatever we do with the collection, again, I feel very fortunate to be in this position, will be done as a collaborative effort guided by the expertise of our librarians. Um, Let's talk about the the space. I mean, we've We'll see some, we've seen some renderings. Uh, the breezeway is part of the library now. Um, a lot more glass and light in the building and the, the, you know, sort of the light coming through the center of the building with floors removed. Uh, lots of change and excitement. You talked about uh, hearing about that library feeling um, from Mountie community who were weighing in on the project, wanting to maintain that library feeling. I wonder if you could describe that library feeling and how this new vision engenders it. I I, I don't know. Nobody listening can see me, but I just got really excited because this is one of the things I love about libraries. The library is, every student is a student of the library. Every alumni is an alumni of the library. If you ask people to talk about their time in libraries, they get this sort of warm and cozy, like, this is where I went when I needed to study. This is when I where I went when I needed to meet with a friend. It's a very, um, there is no other place on campus typically that provides that third place. It's not their classroom. It's not their dorm room. It's not where they're eating. You know, it's a, it's a place where they can go and get what they need, whether it's social, whether it's, you know, individual. Um, and so we've really tried to create that sense of warmth, comfort, studiousness, but also, um, like living room, like where to be social, where to be communal, where to build that sense of community. Um, Robert mentioned that a couple of times in the presentation. This is can be and will be the hub of our campus, right? This is where people can come that isn't any of those other places. There's no expectation of them when they're in the library. They can just come and be. And so as we're thinking about creating the spaces, the flexibility, the adaptability, the customization, so that um, whatever it is that people need, they can come in and get. 
One of the key things I know a lot of community listeners will be interested in is that there will be a new entrance. There will. Facing downtown Sackville. So you'll be able to come right up York Street. You won't be looking at, quote unquote, what is the current back of the library. It will actually feel like a front. So um, and that will be beneficial to everyone coming in from downtown, whether it's students, faculty, uh, community members. Sustainability wise. They should fare very well. Green, Green Globes has been our chosen rating system since uh, about 2009. We've used it on several projects on campus. Uh, that program is holistic. It uh, considers the entire life of the project from construction, including uh, while the building's in use, to the end of its life. So we'll be looking at sustainable construction methods. We'll be looking at energy-efficient systems. We'll be looking at things like you know recycled materials, uh, renewable materials, uh, it's it's really an end-to-end uh, sustainability system. So in both projects, in for the R.P. Bell Library and for the Interim Library Future uh, Athletics Complex, uh, yeah, we'll be making sure th- that those buildings stand the test of time for sustainability, and then we minimize our our environmental footprint with those projects. That's Director of Facilities Management, Chris Kierstead, and Dean of Libraries, Rachel Rubin, speaking with CHMA on Wednesday afternoon after our presentation on the future of the Ralph Pickard Bell Library. Mount Allison will be breaking ground this summer on a temporary library building on Lansdowne Street behind the Athletic Centre. The library is slated to move into the new building in 2026 when the renovation of the Ralph Pickard Bell will begin. The renovation is expected to wrap up by 2029, at which point library services will move back to the RP Bell and the new building will be outfitted as a multi-purpose athletic facility. Check out chmafm.com later today for more about the project, including images of the proposed new library. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Thursday, February 1st. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. And here's Brian Nielsen with your CHMA Sports Update. It's Thursday, February 1st. Last night, perhaps the most riveting back and forth hockey game of the season took place at the Tentramire Veterans Memorial Civic Center. Highlight real goals scored by Ocean Asham and Talon Stevenson was enough to force the game against UPI into overtime. But sadly, with four and a half seconds left, UPI scores the game winner and they win the final senior night hockey game 3-2 against the Mounties. In other hockey-late action, also in overtime, the Ottawa Senators beat the Detroit Red Wings 3-2. Also in overtime, also a 3-2 final, the Anaheim Ducks beat the San Jose Sharks. And the final game before the All-Star break, the Los Angeles Kings beat the Nashville Predators in NHL action. 
In the NBA last night, 10 games to tell you about. The Chicago Bulls beat the Charlotte Hornets 117-110. Seven-point decision also in Cleveland as the Cavaliers beat the Pistons 128-121. Clippers with the 125-109 victory over the Washington Wizards in Washington. Miami Heat with the 115-106 victory over the Sacramento Kings in the Sunshine State. The Pelicans with the 11-point victory against Houston in Houston, 110-99. Timberwolves beat up on the Mavericks without Luka Doncic or Kyrie Irving in the lineup for the Mavs, 121-87 final there. Magic with a 10-point victory over the Spurs in San Antonio, 108-98. Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Denver Nuggets 105-100. And in the first of two returning former stars, Kevin Durant goes back to Brooklyn and the Suns win 136-120 over the Nets. And Damian Lillard for the first time ever since the big trade over the summer that sent him from Portland to Milwaukee. The Bucks lose to the Trail Blazers in Oregon 119-116. That is your CHMA sports update for Thursday, February 1st. And that was Brian Nielsen with your sports update. Don't forget to tune in weekdays 8, 9, 12, and 5 for Brian's sports update. And, of course, listen to the morning show Mondays, 7.30, about 9. And there's uh, also some sports commentary at 8.30. Thanks so much, Brian. Hi, this is Waylon, and you're listening to CHMA 106.9, Sackville, New Brunswick. And thank you, Waylon, for that lovely introduction. Waylon has uh, recently joined us here. Uh, we'll be doing a show 12, 15 to 1, Monday to Fridays. Or, sorry, Monday and Wednesdays. Uh, and then on Saturday, 11 to 12. So we'll have the Revolution Lunch on Monday and Wednesday. And then Love Generation from 11 to 12 on Saturdays. Very excited to have Wylan and on board uh, doing absolutely great stuff already. Now, you just heard from Brian with your sports update. And before that was Erica with your Tantramar report. So thank you too very much for those efforts and ever informative minutes. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, everyone. It's not too bad out there. It's not as cold as I thought it was going to be. It seemed like we had a stretch of, you know, being around minus 15, um, a little above, a little above, a little below. But in general, uh, I thought we were kind of stuck at that cold point of the year. Uh, it's not too bad today. Maybe uh, I'm getting. Maybe that means I'm getting used to it. But uh, it's a it's a few degrees colder than yesterday. So let's do a local weather update. So it is currently minus two degrees out there. Cloudy today with periods of snow beginning this afternoon. Amount around two centimeters. Wind up to fifteen kilometers an hour with a high of zero and a wind chill of minus thirteen currently. Periods of snow later this evening with around 2 to 4 centimeters of snow. Low of minus 3 and a wind chill of minus 5 overnight. Friday. Tomorrow. 
Light snow ending in the afternoon, then cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries amount around 2 centimeters. So a little bit of snow here and there for the next day and a half or so. Wind chill of minus 4 tomorrow morning and more snow on the way tomorrow evening. On Saturday, cloudy with a high of minus 6 and a low of minus 7. And then on Sunday, cloudy with a high of minus 5 and periods of snow in the evening with a low of minus 6 that carry on over into Monday. More snow on Monday and a 60% chance of flurries with a low of minus 8 in the evening. So lots of snow, lots of snow on the way. Now, in my mind, 2 centimeters is not that much. We can handle that. Um... Now, I know sometimes the weather can be a little bit hard to predict uh, exactly, can be very challenging to predict exactly. Um, And the last time they said two centimeters of snow, it was, I don't know, something like 10? Might have been more than that. Anyhow, snow is on the way. Maybe prepare uh, accordingly. Uh, Drive safely if you're driving when it starts snowing and that sort of thing. You know what to do. All right, let's get on into some awesome music on this, what is, the first day of February for 2024. Wow, first day, that is awesome. Now, the time is 9.21, and I will have a few local announcements for you all when when we come back after a few awesome tracks, but for now... For your ear entertainment, for your listening pleasure, here is Mustafa, otherwise known as Mustafa the Poet, with Name of God. Both eyes are red, but you're high and I'm crying. You're trying to forget. But it hits me every time You bring next to me The right hand holds your left sleeve Turning our heads gently Cause when it ends we fight And in that warm winter I withered I just wanna get better I'll be what you like Oh, 
just heard constantly released all right everyone happy thursday happy thursday and welcome to the late morning show here on chma 106.9 fm in sackville new brunswick broadcasting live to all of you beautiful chma listeners from the third floor of the wallace mccain student center the time is 9 29 and i have a few local announcements for you and then your book of the week and just so you all know we will be having a new book of the week starting tomorrow premiering on the late morning 